getting started, I didn't know that I was, you know, I wasn't necessarily trying to create what it is now. I was just looking to like have a community and talk about some of the things that I was experiencing. Welcome to the Passion to Brand podcast, a show of real stories from people who turned their passions into thriving brands through social media. I'm Brett Johnson, founder of Passion to Brand. And I'm Dale Schaefer, founder of DaleSchaefer.com. On the show today, how Olivia Klein turned her passion for the outdoor community into the well-known brand Career Outdoors. Now living with her husband in Western Colorado, Olivia's story on how she entered into the environmental space is quite unique. After many relocations throughout her life, she realized that this male-dominated career space needed some revolutionizing. It wasn't until a few years ago that she had a light bulb moment and began cultivating a community of other outdoor professionals and gathering resources to help hundreds of women and non-binary individuals land jobs in this outdoor space. She is now influencing over 100,000 individuals through her social media presence, which is staggering, especially in this industry. I finally was able to get some time with her to learn more about her incredible story. So I grew up in Northern Illinois. I have plenty of family still out there. And a big part of my life now is outdoor recreation and being outside, environmental studies and advocacy. And I think that all of that really started when I was a kid and our idea of playing outside and getting outside was just getting out in the neighborhood. Um, there was a stream behind a few of our neighbors' homes. So me and my brothers and all of the neighborhood kids would go out and catch tadpoles or frogs and bring them home and try to, you know, transition tadpole to frog. It worked out some of the time, every <laughs> single time. But just playing like a kid, getting your hands dirty, playing in the mud. Um, that was really my, you know, that's how I spent my childhood. I didn't think of it as a love for the outdoors, even though it probably was at the time. But where it really clicked was more in middle school when I started traveling to Colorado on some family road trips and got into the mountains and started skiing. And I realized there was this whole other world of the outdoors than I was used to growing up in Illinois. Um, aside from lakes and streams and being outside, there were mountains and huge, huge trees and all of these things that I had never seen before. And that spurred like a different love of the outdoors. And it just got a lot deeper through that. But mm. I definitely spent a lot of my childhood just like playing games outside and playing in the woods and in the water and just being a kid, honestly. Yeah. So you said you went out to Colorado. When, when did you go out to Colorado? What, what I guess, time period was that? I think that the first time was probably, I was maybe 12 or 13. And my parents had just separated and my now stepmom, her family had been traveling out to Colorado on ski vacations for years and years. She kind of grew up doing that. And so when my stepmom and my dad met, we went as a now blended family out to Colorado. And that really opened my eyes, like I said, to a totally different landscape and different recreation culture, I think mm -hmm. a little bit too. Do you remember what part of Colorado that was that you, I guess, first visited? Um, we went out to Crested Butte, which is a lovely little ski and mountain town. And just before that trip, actually, now that I'm recalling and remembering all of these things, uh, I specifically remember my dad took me and my brothers out on a two-week road trip right before this um, 
over one of our summer breaks and we traveled to a bunch of different national parks and monuments in an RV. Mm. And that was a whirlwind trip. Like my dad with us three little troublemakers, but we went to Yellowstone and we got to see just so many new things that I hadn't experienced before, but it was a very quick trip. So we were at one destination and then the next and it was wonderful, but spending time in Crested Butte on like a week long ski vacation really made that connection a lot deeper and made me feel more connected to that environment. I'm sure. Yeah. I guess being in the Midwest, I guess, you know, Northern Illinois, you see hills and then you come out to Crested Butte, which obviously has 13ers, 14ers, you know, and you're like, Holy, <laughs> these are some dad, these are some big hills. Yeah. Like this is like <laughs> the movies. These are the photos. This is real life. Yeah, we, we get that, Dale, don't we? Me and Dale, we're both from, you know, from Kentucky. We would make our ways up, you know, to Indiana and ski, you know, Perfect North. Those were some of the big hills that we would ski. And obviously now me being out here in Denver and, you know, getting off, you know, getting to ski often, it's uh, it's quite humorous now thinking back uh, to those days. And I'm sure you you feel the same, Olivia, just now being out being out in Colorado and thinking, man, I used to ski on those greens. <laughs> yeah, and the lifts are like, you know, a uh, multiple thousand foot lift here is like the same as like, it takes the same amount of time as one of those little tiny lifts back <laughs> at like our home resorts, which makes me laugh. And, uh, you know, it's like a 30 second run down. So it's definitely a great place to learn. That's definitely a lot of fond memories. Yeah. And totally. And, and, and I'd imagine, you know, there was, there's a point you probably went, got back to Illinois and you're thinking to yourself, like, that was a fun memory, you know, being out in the mountains, what a beautiful place. And obviously there was a time period between, you know, now, you know, you're out in Colorado now, but what kind of like was the, were the events that kind of brought you from that trip where you started loving the outdoors to, to Colorado? Yeah. So I have a bachelor's in environmental studies with a very strong focus on the science side of things. Mm -hmm. And I really, that major was, you know, I wanted to be outside. I wanted to make you know, have a job, something that I could do outdoors or something that connected me to the environment. And I loved my Colorado trips. And I always had told myself, like, after that first trip, when I was a teenager, like, I'm moving out there. So when I told my parents, I'm accepting a job across the country after college, um, I actually was brought to, I was in Utah first before I made my way to Colorado. But when I was like, yes, I'm accepting a job in Utah, everyone was like, okay, It's, you know, you said you were going to do this. It's only been a matter of time. Um, Have you ever been to Utah? And I was like, well, we drove through that one time. But yeah, I remember that one time. (laughs) Um, I was spending my time in the Moab area, which is also, you know, very close to Colorado. Um, And so I was on that side of the state already. And I was in, you know, Moab and some of the towns around are so small. So we were in Colorado frequently to like go to the closest Walmart and things Mm. like that. And so I did a season of conservation crew work in Utah. And then my now husband and I were working together and we thought, you know, we were just out of college, had had this short few month job where we were camping for most of it and thought, what do we want to do next? Like, we don't want to go back home to Illinois. So where to next? And we moved to Telluride and did a ski season there. So that is where we started off in Colorado. And then we've moved a few different times before landing um where we're at now in the roaring fork valley awesome whoa so tell you okay tell you ride how was i must ask how was that experience tell you ride is just a magical magical place 
Um, it wasn't a long-term thing because it is so, so secluded. And I mean, I feel secluded now being in the area that we're in, but we have more amenities than we did in Telluride at least. So it's a good in-between. Um, Telluride was wonderful. It was amazing. I wish that I wasn't like a broke post-college kid because <laughs> I would have been able to do a lot more things. Yeah. But, you know, we got like 100 days of skiing in that year. Mm. And yeah, it was a really, really fun experience. It definitely holds a really special place in my heart. Telluride is beautiful. Yes. Mm -hmm. One of our one of our favorite places, obviously, to visit is just yeah, gorgeous, but not not cheap, not not a place yeah. that a recent college grad would spend many years unless they had a really good job. <laughs> yeah. And there isn't also I'm very community driven and I realized I loved working seasonally when I did. But there isn't a really long term community in some of the ski resort towns because there are so many seasonals. And I think that it's really just about preference. But for me, I knew that I wanted to be somewhere where there was a year round community. Mm -hmm. And I really struggled when like town completely shut down. Like there was one restaurant open. The grocery store was only open for five hours a day during like April and May before summer season started. And so knowing those things, I was like, this is, this can't be long-term for me because there's no one here and there's nothing to do really. Um, and a lot of people went out and traveled and that was great, but that just wasn't the situation we were in. So we were like, okay, on to the next. <laughs> yeah. So, so what community, I mean, what did you find a community? I mean, what, what kind of led you out, out of Telluride? Yeah. So we did the, you know, seasonal ski thing. And then I landed a job working with Boulder County for a season. And so that brought us to the front range. We thought, okay. well, Telluride is too small for our long-term plans. So let's okay. try something else. Not that we were really looking to settle down right away, but it was in the back of our mind that we didn't want to be working seasonally forever. Mm -hmm. And so we went out to the front range and we're living in Longmont. And that was a really, really fun experience. I was doing outdoor recreation and trails and leading another youth crew up there. And that was wonderful. And then we kind of went too far to the other side where we were like, now we feel like we're back in a suburb, like we grew mm -hmm. up in, there's too many people. <laughs> um, and so now we're in the Roaring Fork Valley. I say that it's like the Goldilocks situation where like Telluride was too small, Longmont was too big. And now where we're at now is kind of that just right. Just right. So yeah. We were able to be a little bit picky about it and really loved being able to try out all of those things. I think that is something, one of my favorite things about working seasonally. And yeah, we're, we really love where we um, are right now, but we probably would have never found this place without being open to moving to different locations and just trying stuff out. Mm. And I remember, um, Olivia, last time we hung out, you had mentioned, you know, that that position that you had landed in Longmont was was pivotal. I, mean, I, I remember we joked around, you said it, it was your first full time year round position, which is comical, right? It's like, hold up. <laughs> it's like, what do you what do you mean? You know, and we, we, you know, found some humor in that. But that's really significant for the space that you're in. I mean, finding that that full time year round position is is important. I mean, what tell me about that role and, and kind of what did you learn from that role? Yeah. So there were actually two pivotal things that happened. So when I was in Boulder County, that was actually still a seasonal role. Okay. And then the full-time year round one was in Basalt, which is in the area that I'm in now. Okay. But in Boulder County, I had the most amazing mentors and worked with the most amazing people. And that solidified my idea that like 
I can work in conservation, like that can be a career. You know, before it was like, you're working seasonally. A lot of people around were wondering like, is this a sustainable thing? Is this something you're going to be able to create a career out of? I didn't really know any friends or family that were doing, that were on a similar path. And so I was kind of forging the way by myself, but having these mentors and amazing experience with Boulder County really was able to open my eyes and like help me commit that this is what I wanted to do. And then when I did, um, that made me think like, I'm going to land something full-time year round. Like I can make this happen. Mm. You know, what, what, what made that different? I mean, what you've obviously had seasonal jobs working in all these different places. What made that full-time, you know, year round position, you know, what made that so special to you? And of course, lead you obviously now into the career outdoor space that you're in. Yeah, that's a great question. So I think that I was just in a place where I was ready. It was the right timing that I wanted to make the transition to something full-time and a little bit more stable. You know, a year prior to that, I was loving moving around and trying out different things and different opportunities, but it happened at the right time and in a great location that I had never been to. I absolutely love this area. I had never visited before I accepted my full-time job. So, um, I love the area. I love the people and the community. And then with the full-time job, I was working for an, uh, trails, kind of an advocacy nonprofit, helping people steward public lands. And so I was getting to work with all sorts of different government agencies and private companies and people that I really looked up to and admired. Before that, like I said, I was kind of forging my own path and trying to figure out what I was doing without having anybody to look to. And the visibility of other women in this space was really exciting and something that I hadn't seen too much of previously. Hmm. So, so you, uh, I mean, you had some great experiences though, that most of us, uh, I, I wish I could say that I had taken the time to do, you know, some different things in my career, but I, I kind of jumped in right out of college into what I ended up doing and but boy, you, you had some great experiences and you and your husband have uh, been able to, you know, test out some different things and it kind of landed you in a, just the sort of the perfect spot. It sounds like. Yeah, it definitely did. But it's so funny that you mentioned that you jumped right into your career after college, because that was something everyone around me was doing. Mm. So I really felt like I was doing something different and I didn't know what I was doing. And I it was a little bit of an outcast feeling because I thought the expectation was to settle down, get a full-time job and work in your career for the next 45 or however many years. <laughs> and here I was packing up a U-Haul every six months, like trying to figure stuff out. And I was like, gosh, I like, I feel like I don't have anyone to relate to, even though I had a lot of support. Um, it was hard to explain what I was doing, especially because I didn't know some of those times. <laughs> So it's funny to look back on because, you know, now we can all look back and think like, oh, yeah, traveling and having these experiences at the time was a great thing. But when I was in it, I was like, gosh, if I could just, you know, do something that like was a little bit more accepted or normal in quotes, like quote unquote normal, like that other people understood. Um, you know, I was working outside every single day, working with tools, getting my hands in the dirt. And I didn't know anyone else who was doing that. So. It definitely felt a little bit isolating at the time, but it, looking back, I'm like, that was the perfect path for what I needed. Mm. Yeah. And you said something important, Olivia. It's like in the, in the moment when you're in those seasons, it's difficult. It's like, I don't know why 
I'm doing what I'm doing or I don't know why I'm in this situation. It doesn't feel right. I feel stuck. I don't know where I'm going. And then now you look back in hindsight, it's like you see the reason, you see the progression for a lot of, a lot of what took place. And I know, you know, when you, when you had started Career Outdoors, that was, you know, you, you launched uh, Career Outdoors digitally through, through Instagram. And a lot of us have that kind of same perspective on Instagram. When we see people on Instagram, we see, you know, these big accounts, you know, we look back and like, oh yeah, it looked like, it looks so easy. It looked like it makes sense why they're at the level. But I can imagine when you had launched Career Outdoors and you were living in this digital space, it was very, very uncertain. Yeah. And I really, it was something that I just jumped into and I wanted a space where I could relate to other people, other professionals in this industry. And I saw all of these other groups and organizations popping up like, you know, hiking groups for women mm. or beginner biking organizations and things like that. And they had these online communities of people, a bunch of people who biked or hiked or backpacked. And I was like, I wish that I had a similar outdoor community for professionals in this space, because that's not something I feel like I have that much of right now. You know, I searched around for it and couldn't find it. And so that's where the idea for Career Outdoors came from. And getting started, you know, I've just accepted that starting anything new, we have no idea what we're doing mm -hmm. and that's okay. And that's just part of the learning process. Uh, but yeah, getting started, I didn't know that I was, you know, I wasn't necessarily trying to create what it is now. I was just looking selfishly for myself to like have a community and talk about some of the things that I was experiencing mm -hmm. and maybe other people were experiencing them and I could, you know, I could have people to relate to. It ends up there's a lot of people experiencing these same things I've realized over the past few years. So now we have this really amazing community. But at the time, I had no idea what it was going to be. I was really just following my interests and what I was excited about. Hmm. So uh, you, you've mentioned a couple times, and I'd like to hear more about it, but uh, how important it is for you to find women who are working in the same profession and, and obviously have them as mentors. Talk about how many women are, because you're working in a, in a male-dominated uh, field, correct? Yes, definitely. So talk about, uh, you know, is that changing or where, where do you see this, this going for, for women? I definitely think that it, the outdoor industry as a whole is still very male-dominated. I do think that it's changing, but it's slow, especially when you look at executive positions or the more laborious positions. So a lot of what I have done, I call it like boots on the ground, hands in the dirt type jobs. Mm -hmm. And so that has been trail building, teaching others how to build trails and maintain trails and restore public lands. And that is like shovel in hand, hiking boots on, traversing miles and miles to get to your work site over the day. And I've worked with incredible supportive men, but there's something about having women to look up to who are doing the same thing and not being the only one in that space that's really powerful. And I think that that can go, you know, I can only speak to my experience, of course, but I think that goes for a lot of historically excluded communities and that can be amplified given all sorts of different backgrounds and identities. But as a woman, that's something that I saw. And being able to find those mentors that were women that, you know, they were few and far between, but it really gave me a vision. I could see what was possible because I knew that I wasn't the only one and I knew that I wasn't the first one in the space either. 
of course, our listeners, you know, know you and know know how you exist today. And, and a lot of times it's not super telling because how you exist today is not always, of course, how it's been. And, and you know, it, there was some obviously really hard days when you first started career outdoors and a lot of uncertainty. What did that look like? I mean, what, what were the, the topics of, of interest in, in those early days? What I started out with was just sharing some of my own stories and experiences. And some of that was just like a simple, here's kind of a little bit of a story and a photo about like what I experienced on the trail today. Sometimes it was really great and uplifting. Sometimes it was frustrating. And then, you know, some of it was, I think it kind of falls into like the inspirational bucket Mm -hmm. um, of, you know, I had a hundred followers, but I was still telling people, you know, if you have a passion and excitement for working outside, it's possible. And you don't have to have a career that you hate for 45 years. There is so much work out there to be done. And we exist in this space. And some of that more inspirational content to just like, you know, and that's just something that was on my heart at the time of like, I wish, I wish that somebody had told me this. And so I shared personal experiences, but then also the inspiration that I wish that I had had when I was just getting started. And it's totally transitioned into, it still incorporates all of those things now. But I think that that vulnerability was relatable at the time. Which is so interesting, Olivia, because like your story is is that, you know, at at even a hundred followers, you you believed uh, and you were passionate about it. And and even though the numbers maybe weren't there to show that you were getting a ton of views, you stayed to the the course. Yeah, and I saw that it was a message that I needed to hear. And eventually once, you know, it started growing, it was something that other people needed to hear too. Mm -hmm. But really at the beginning, you know, when you're just starting out in the digital space, first, no one starts Mm -hmm. with thousands of followers or whatever the goal, whatever the number is, everyone starts from zero and that's fine. That's how you start, but it's better to at least start from zero and build your way up than you know, keep thinking about it and never start at all. And that was a message that I had heard before I started Career Outdoors that really resonated. And I was like, you know what, this doesn't exist and I wish it did. So I'm going to start it and we'll just see what happens. We'll see if I can stick to it. We'll see if anybody cares. Even if no one does, this is a really great outlet for me to talk about things I'm excited about that, you know, my coworkers and friends and husband are sick of hearing me drone on and on about. And so this is a great outlet for me to do that. And if people follow along, great. And if they don't, I'm still like getting the value of getting it out of me. Mm, That's so good, Olivia. Were there any moments, I guess, early on that you remember? I mean, these people that you're connecting with, these new followers or people reaching out, were there any moments or memories that you can think of that were like super impactful, you know, that helped you give you the confidence to be like, what I'm doing is, is, is helpful. Oh gosh, there have been so, so many moments. I received thousands of DMs from people now, especially as it's transitioned to like people that have landed the job or just felt confident in going after what they're excited about or have left a toxic position and like just had the courage to do that because of the platform and all of those things. Like I have a list of and a folder of screenshots on my phone of all of those things. And they all mean so much. I think that in the beginning, I when I started to get a lot of questions about professional development and how to start working in the space, 
And I started to actually give some tangible action steps and real life advice to people. I did a little free giveaway for my 100 followers or whatever it was. And I said, good odds. Those are good odds. <laughs> I, I think so too. And I said, like, I want to talk to five people and like help you with your resume. That was something that I had been doing for a lot of people. And I also had this background in hiring through working for some of these places. And I was like, you know, I'm doing a resume giveaway. Let's chat for 30 minutes. I'm going to pick a few people. And I honestly was like, no one's going to be interested in this, but I'm going to say it and see what happens. And I had exactly five people and I was hoping to give away five spots. And I had five people who were interested. And I was like, oh my gosh, like somebody cares and is interested. And this might actually be helpful. And several of those um, women I still like keep in touch with just on Instagram. One of them specifically, this was several years ago, and she has been hustling and volunteering and gaining experience and making this career change. And just this past summer, this woman that one that was in part of the giveaway landed an amazing, amazing um, job, her first job in the outdoor and environmental space. And she's crushing it and absolutely is like every step of the way we have been chatting about things and I've been cheering her on. And she finally, like, it just goes to show that persistence is so important and staying on top of it. If it's something you're excited about and that goes for career outdoors for me, but this also goes for this person who wanted to make their passion into their career. Mm. And that was like one of the most exciting messages because it's this person I've been talking to digitally for years now. And it like finally happened. And it's a huge, she's making a huge impact. So that one always just gives me the warm fuzzies. Those little wins. I mean, those little wins, those little stories, those people just reaching out, just telling you, hey, you're helping, you know, or or what you've done, what you did a year ago, this message, I've stuck on to it, you know? I'm sure you could also equally tell me all the people that have chastised you or given you a hard time about what you're doing and have discouraged you, you know? So those little wins are just so positive to help you keep taking that step, especially when you're at 100 followers and 1,000 followers, you know, just at that small level, just these these continual encouragement of, of you're doing a great thing definitely helps. So I can imagine, I mean, after getting these, you know, getting these, these little wins, you know, you're, you're continuing to push, you know, push through. What did, what did your content look like, you know, over the next couple years as you started to, to grow on, on Instagram? I definitely started adding in more career advice and resources. Once I realized that I could be helping people with this background knowledge that I've just been sitting on and thinking that it's just like some random piece of my experience, I realized how valuable it was that I had that experience. And so I started to give advice and resources and my content transitioned and still included those stories of hope and vulnerability and personal stories, but also broader tips, education, tricks, um, also the realities of the industry and talking about the places where we're not doing a great job in this space and where we need to grow and things that employers are doing that are making it harder for job seekers and how we should be, you know, using our voices as professionals to make these changes. 
And so that's a little bit of how it's transitioned. And it's there's even more things that I talk about now, but that's as far as like the written content. And then as far as visuals, honestly, I've never been a photographer, a videographer. All of my content and imagery and video stuff is just like what I've learned myself. And that's very clearly something you can tell when you visit my platforms, which is fine. Like I'm not a photography platform, Mm -hmm. Uh, but that's definitely something that held me back in the beginning. I thought, you know, you have to have this perfect grid of images on Instagram, which is where I started. And I would try to curate the perfect feed. And eventually I was just like, F it. I have a message to get out and I have this like kind of grainy photo to go with it. And so I'm just going to post it. And I'm going to hopefully improve and get better, but, you know, and I have improved. I think I'm still not a professional photographer or anything, but I think that that's okay. I think that seeing real people and having like some real life on these platforms is important. Yeah. And when you told me, Olivia, when we hung out last time that all your pictures were from an iPhone, I was blown away. So, you know, (laughs) I, 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 I get it. You know, it's, it's early on in the early stages of Instagram. I'm sure when you first started out, it was very much photo, a photo sharing app. Right. It was like the people who succeeded were the photographers. It's those that that did have a really curated profile. But it's funny, the shift, you know, the shift of where we're headed. I mean, this is this is very brand centric. You can thrive as I don't need I mean, I'm speaking to someone right now who's thriving, <laughs> who's not a photographer, right? That has a really good brand, that has a really good message that they're getting out and there's a lot of people that wanting to connect with it. So um I think that's the cool shift of where we're at right now. We're in that pivotal moment where it's no longer just photography. Um, it's, it's now message. It's getting out a message that can be impactful uh, and helpful to the world. So, um, I think that's, that's, yeah, that's so cool. That's, I love hearing that transition over, you know, a period of how your post and content, you know, has evolved. I know currently today, um, Olivia, you have, you know, a wide variety of services that, that you offer through Career Outdoors and, and different platforms in which you exist. Talk to me about the organization between what you're doing digitally between your website, you know, your blog, Um, and also content through, you know, still through socials. Yeah. So I think that the, you know, my bread and butter really is social. Um, But I think that it's really valuable to have something else to point people towards because not everyone is on every platform. Um, Even when I got started, Instagram was my thing. I just started a Facebook group at the beginning of 2020. And then I started getting more active on Twitter and TikTok. But like focusing on one thing was really valuable for me. Mm. And then I also incorporated the website, which was another, you know, you keep adding on these things that you think you have to be perfect at every time. Like when I started Instagram, I thought I had to be this great photographer. When I started a website, I was like, I'm still totally in over my head when it comes to websites and design and stuff like that. And I think that's okay Mm. um, because I'm trying and it's there. But the website right now, I think of it as an extension of the brand and another resource. So I provide like more blogs with action tips and steps on resume writing or like things to eliminate from your resume or my favorite job boards. And those are just a little bit more evergreen because on Instagram, as you know, like you can post a story and it's gone in 24 hours. Mm -hmm. But if I have these tips I want to share, I don't want people to only see it for a day. I want them to visit it whenever. Mm -hmm. And so that's where some of those articles and blog posts come from. And then it also is where any product or service lives or any free webinar or any of those extra freebies. 
I, I'm always curious uh, after you've uh, had experience like you had for the last few years, is there anything you would have done differently knowing what you know now? Um, I would have spent less time on probably on the website, honestly, because websites have come so far and it's a whole nother world. And I was like just banging my head against the wall trying to like figure out codes and trying to make it look perfect. And it was so frustrating. I can't tell you how many days I just stared at a screen and made like, you know, no progress virtually. And so that's one thing I would have done differently. I also tell myself this a lot, but it's really easy to get caught up in the digital space of having everything be perfect and having a perfect logo and colors and the right voice and message and having it be consistent everywhere. And there's all of these like supposed to do tasks, I feel like on social media. And so if I could go back, I would tell myself like, don't get caught up in those supposed to tasks, like posting every day or making sure that you're active on stories or commenting on X amount of other people's posts. Like don't get caught up in those things. Build a community that you're excited about. Just be natural about it. Some of those tactics are great, but don't let them fill up your entire workday or like all of your brain space. Mm, yeah, that's good. That's good advice. So uh, our, our listeners love hearing uh, from our guests about how they monetize what they're doing on social media. Can you talk a little bit about the different ways that you do monetize? Definitely. I've done all sorts of different things in the past and I kind of have two different buckets. One bucket is working with people individually. So that's job seekers primarily. And so in the past, I've done individual coaching programs and individual consultations for everything from resume writing to you know interview, prep, career clarity, salary negotiation, that one-on-one -on -one advice and FaceTime with people. And I love that work. Um, it's not very scalable. So I've moved away from that. It's really time intensive and I can only have a certain amount of people that I work with every week or month. Um, and so I've transitioned to doing live workshops and replays. I also have eBooks and downloadable resources. And I think those are great because they're a lot more accessible to a lot more people. They're at a different price point that makes it more affordable and you still get a lot of really great tips and resources and advice and guidance. So that's something I've gotten really excited about. And then the second bucket would be how I work with employers or brands. So that includes the brand collaborations that I'm excited about doing in the future. It also includes working with employers to share their job opportunities. And then also on occasion, I'll accept a an ask to speak or give a workshop for a nonprofit or a like AmeriCorps group or private company about a specific topic like salary negotiation or resume writing or something like that. A lot of times that's for young professionals and that's something I love doing, uh, especially because the employer pays for it and it gets a ton of people in the door and gives all of these resources. I think that's something all employers should be looking at is that type of professional development. Um, there's also some affiliate marketing, but that's a very small portion of my income right now you know i'm curious olivia i mean in, in this day and age this world that we live in you've been on instagram you've been in the digital world now for years is this something that you think that people that are starting today can they build their own personal brand and and follow their passion today on social media 
Absolutely. Oh my gosh. If you can just look at the past year on TikTok, for example, there are people whose lives have completely changed because of that one platform who had, you know, been working their typical careers and are now making more money from TikTok within the past 12 months. Mm. Um, and that just totally blows my mind. I don't think we've seen the evolution of a social media platform like that that quickly before. But that's an example of just, you know, that platform specifically is really powerful. But I also think that everybody's voice and everybody has something different to bring to the table. And so whether you want to create a community or a very specific brand or service or product, I think there's really space for everybody. And something that fires me up a lot is thinking about like when I'm sitting on an idea that I'm hesitant about. I always think like, what if somebody else has this idea and does it before me and my competitive nature makes me be like, okay, so I have to do this right now because this is my dream and I want to live my dream Mm. and I don't want someone else to like take that dream. But the short story is that there's space for everybody and everybody has a different perspective or message or, you know, community that they want to build. And so why not? Yeah. There's definitely, definitely opportunity, definitely space. We, of course, we appreciate you being on, on the show today. It's been a pleasure hearing your story. I know there's going to be so many that are going to connect, um, you know, over, over your passion and just seeing that radiate through you. And I'm very, very thankful that you've been on the show. If you can, um, there's probably gonna be people that would love to connect with you and, and follow along with your journey. So if you can kind of share a little bit how people can connect uh, with you. Of course. And thank you all for having me. This has been wonderful. Um, but yeah, I'd love to connect with whoever wants to connect. You can find me um, at Career Outdoors all over the place, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. We have a Career Outdoors Facebook group. I think there are oh, like seven or 8,000 people in that. And that's a great space if you do work in the outdoor industry or you want to, to connect with other professionals and gain advice and recommendations from people who have kind of been there, done that. And then if you want to connect on our website, um, that is career-outdoors.com. That's awesome. Perfect. Definitely, definitely give Olivia a follow, reach out to her, uh, a lot of good information that she, she can provide. Hey, thanks so much for listening to the show this week. If you're not a subscriber to the Passion to Brand podcast, please do subscribe. If you're interested in being on the podcast, please write to me at brett at passiontobrand.com. Or send me a message on Instagram at Passion2Brand. This episode was produced by Candace Bodenbender with Max Drive Marketing and music composed by Trevor Michael Music. Thanks again for listening.